Welcome to season four of My Dad's Podcast, My Black is Transnational. You can find this podcast on anywhere you like to listen to your favorite podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Enjoy the show. episode this is the episode this is something that i've been waiting for oh my i've been waiting for this for a very very long time so i've been eyeing these women of this podcast not like that my baby don't but like i've been keeping my eyes shining my eye on this podcast for a while they are on the up and up and i needed to have my sister join me for a collaborative episode i have my sisters from the Lessons of the Six Figure Women podcast, Angie and Chi-Chi, here to join me, Dr. Kalei Bay Lambert, of My Black is Transnational podcast. And this is the collab. This is it. So welcome, yes. sis. How y'all doing? Talk to me. What's going on? We are good. We are excited to be here. This is a, our very first crossover episode. I feel like when the Simpsons met the family guy. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but african you know yes <laughs> so, right so so i appreciate the fact that you all had time for me and my shenanigans and we got lots to talk about right so mm-hmm. we're gonna cover of course you know the, the struggles of the of the six-figure woman and, and we'll talk about my perspective as a black transnational and we'll just mm-hmm. talk about you know dating of course marriage um, just this, the plight of the black professional woman. I want to know a lot about that. So there's so many things that we're going to catch up on and, uh, and the audience um, is going to learn about us. So the first thing I'm going to ask or just get into really quickly is as far as the social media, do you want to let people know how people can find y'all real quick just to kick it off? Definitely. So you guys can find us on Instagram at Lessons of the Six Figure Woman. Um, we also have a Gmail, but do people still email? I don't know. <laughs> so we'll, we'll just keep it with Instagram. Yeah, we're very, we, we interact with people on Instagram. Yeah, so yeah. Um, and you can find the rest of their content on any of your favorite podcast listening apps. Just look up Lessons of the Six Fig and they show up immediately. You ain't got to say the whole thing. So when you <laughs> type Lesson of the Six, it pops up, right? That just shows that they're on the up and up. And you can definitely find uh, My Black is Transnational on any of your favorite podcasts listening to us, please make sure to subscribe and download all of our podcasts. It's really good content from both sides of the spectrum. Uh, so please follow, support. Uh, we really appreciate it. And of course, leave some feedback. Just let us know what you think, not just about this episode, but any of our podcasts in general. So now that we got those out the way, let's get down to business. What is it like being a six-figure woman? Ooh, yikes! That is I come in, I'm coming straight. I'm coming in hot. We're just I know. right. We didn't even warm up. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is it like being a six-figure woman? I mean, it's great. I love being a six-figure woman. Um, I think that it definitely comes with its challenges, mm-hmm. especially if you're talking about relationships and dating. Um, trying to be comfortable saying, like, yeah, I make my own money, and I'm proud of that. Right. That's definitely something that's been challenging. Yeah, I think it's kind of 
it's kind of especially being a woman it's kind of hard to determine how much of your i guess six figureness you show Mm -hmm. like without making somebody feel inadequate Mm -hmm. i think for me that's kind of i try to tread a little bit lightly sometimes with like some of the things that i know i can afford um just because it, sometimes it's it's I don't know I don't know what could potentially uh, trigger someone to feel inadequate, mm. but you know just to kind of flip it because I think we also too we really want to get your perspective on some of these things yeah, too. Yeah. What has your experience been? I know you're married to um, you have a beautiful wife who yeah. she's a physician, right? Yes, yes. Um, so. What is your experience of being married to a six-figure woman? You know, that's a good question. And life is good. <laughs> I, mean, yes. life, yes, is good. I mean, we're a team. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And, and and we're not only are we a team, we're a formidable team, right? Because I know that, formidable. I mean, truth be, truth be told, word. you know, my wife, of course, being a six-figure woman, and she makes more she's a breadwinner and i love it right because i can be the best house dad possible and it's not and but also it's never been a situation where we are intimidated by the amount of money we don't use our income and finances to mm-hmm. to make each other feel less than or better than right we understand right. That at the end of the day this money that we're investing is really it's really for our children right mm-hmm. we want to accrue wealth and i think we've been strategic now granted i think when we were first when we were first in a process of mm-hmm. getting to marriage, there were some conversations that were had because at that point I was still getting my, I was in the process of getting my PhD and mm-hmm. she was just finishing med school, getting ready to go to residency. And she was just like, yo, like what's going to happen? Like, you know, this money, how do you plan? How are we going to do bills? How are we going to, you know, like these are conversations that a lot of couples don't like to have because mm-hmm. for some reason they're uncomfortable. So, but we were talking about finances pretty early. You know, and initially really? when she brought it up, she was like, you know, what are you going to do? Because she was like, okay, you're, you know, you, are you going to go into academia? How, how do you, how do you plan on, you know, contributing if we were a family and, and, you know, and she already had, you know, my, my oldest daughter came with the package. Right. So mm-hmm. we were already talking, like, what are we going to do as far as kids? And, you know, what Alicia, my daughter, like, how mm-hmm. are we going to take care of her? So, and I was thinking like, initially my mindset has always been, of course, like typical Igbo man. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to be the provider, you know? And I was like, and, and over time it, it just, what's the point? This is a partnership, right? It's, it's, right. I'm going to play my part. And at the end of the day, whatever I can do to make sure that I'm holding it down. If in case you decide you want to take a break or take a, you know, take uh, some leave or whatever, I got you. Right. And vice versa. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's, it was, but initially, like I said, I was like, man, I got to be the one to make the money. And if I make the money, then Mm -hmm. anything else that you add is bonus. And she was like, yo, like you're adding stress for yourself. Like, why are you doing (laughs) that? Right. And for me initially, I was like, why am I being egotistical? At the end of the day, if I die, will it say that he was the breadwinner on my tombstone? No, like it doesn't matter. Right. My wife had worked just as hard, Wanda worked just as hard to get to where she needs to be, to be where, you know, to be in that position. I'm going to respect it. I'm going and then I'm a, I'm a make, I feel good knowing that if anything was to happen with me, that my wife can mm-hmm. support me, but I'm not going to take advantage nor abuse that. Right. Because right. I think that's where the problem falls is that people start thinking that, oh, because your wife makes more than you, then you are smoocher, then you are, you know, this is a sugar mama situation. And it's not mm-hmm. because I grind mm-hmm. too. Right. But somebody has to be the one initially to 
you know, be able to negotiate and say, okay, well, if you're, if you're making this amount, what mm-hmm. do I play to make sure that what I'm bringing to the table is also a major contribution to uh, how we function as a household? So, I mean, these are different conversations. Like they evolve over time, right? Mm-hmm. And if you allow yourself as a man to be, to be vulnerable and open to realize that the money is not what makes the crown, right? It's right. how you... How you view each other, how you respect each other, how you love one another. She she may make a lot of money, but she still looks at me as like, you lead and I lead with you. Right? She doesn't see me as less than a leader. She still sees me as somebody that leads. It doesn't matter how much I made. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. having a six-figure woman just... It just makes life better because you know that you can plan, invest, you can do so many, you can accrue wealth as a team and not feel like all the pressure. Life is good when you don't got to put that much pressure on yourself. Why are you doing it? Well, you know, it's just interesting that you say that because it just, it sounds like, because you said you, it sounds like you started off in that whole, like, I need to be the provider. I need to be the provider. I was super young. Like, and when I say that. I, you mm-hmm. know, I started off like that because I was I was a super romantic, just wide-eyed, you know, eighteen-year-old in college who was who had dreams of being an MD, and I realized mm-hmm. that I didn't like MD as much as Me I like my PhD research because <laughs> academic life, again, you know, being a professor, it's it's a nice life. <laughs> it may not pay as much as getting a physician, but I also learned at a very young age that with that amount of money comes a lot of responsibility. And what life do I want to lead? And I always told right. my, I always told my, my, when Wanda and I were dating, I told her that I'd rather be a better father than a better doctor, period. Mm. So I don't, I, I don't mind, or at this point, at this stage in my life, I didn't mind taking less because I know that I'll be present for my right. kids, right? I wanted to do an MD, PhD. That was how we met, actually. Like I was mm-hmm. on path to try to do this MD, PhD. And I was talking to her like, yeah, I got this plan, this plan. And she was like, okay, mm-hmm. so once you... Once you get your MD and your PhD, how long do you plan to practice medicine? And I was like, uh, five years. And she was like, wait a minute. (laughs) If you're telling me that you're going to go through all that hell just so that you can practice for five years and go back and be, that has to be one of the dumbest things. And I was like, you know what? She just said that's the dumbest thing. She's the one. (laughs) Like Someone that could be like, you know what? This doesn't make any sense. Like, why are you doing this to your life? And I was like, you know, that makes sense. Like, I don't like medicine as much. So... I, I realized that I'd rather take what what is the price for peace of mind? Mm. I, what 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 am I willing to give up? Because if I'm gonna sit here and try to be the manly man because I want to have this MD PhD and make a lot of money, that to get that money demands a lot of your time, and that's not time I'm willing to give up for my kids, future kids at this point right. in my life. When they get older, once you know, then I can do the industry. I can spend once they know who their dad is, and and they get tired of me as teenagers or preteens, then I can go about and go make that money. It's not gonna stop mm-hmm. my career. But in early stages, I wanted to be present. I've always wanted to be that type of father, that type of parent and partner and husband. That's just how I imagine myself. So when I was when I was younger, to answer your question, when I was younger, it was just this idea of being that romantic man, that provider. That's what I that's what I saw. But I've always, in the same breath, always had that mindset that men and women are equal. We're always mm-hmm. in the same. Mm-hmm. I've always felt like, and in, in a, and I mean a very like immature sense as far as like if you slap me, I'll slap you too type thing. When I was younger, right? So it was like. I was always believed in the equality, but I always felt like I'm good enough that if I do my thing, then anything you add is bonus. And that that mentality though shifted, of course, once you meet someone that you can you see is your match, you're equal. You can you challenge right. each other, you you can uplift each other. They she wants to make you better, you help make her better. You start to realize that why are you 
there's no point in trying to who you who you battling One against who you battling against who's keeping <laughs> score right like who's keeping score in the end if you're if you if you're keeping score that means that means that you're planning for an end result like you're planning for uh a, 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 i'm not gonna say a divorce but you're you're planning to go back and look at who won up who when it's all said and done and marriage is not like meant a, for that tit for tat yeah. kind of situation yeah, where like, i do something then you do something and that that, that can but you're really... that means you're looking for an end game right if you if you right. if you are going back and forth tit for tat all the time that means there has to be an end game and the end game usually ends up in divorce and that means when right. there's divorce that's when you can start keeping score and saying who's the better parent who's the better father mm-hmm. who's this because you want custody we're not battling for that right we're just we're just trying to grow so right. there's no point in me trying to figure out who's doing this, who's doing that, because that's just an extra, we can use that time to really talk about how we can continue to better ourselves um, as a household, how can we mm-hmm. can invest together, creates openings for our um, opportunities for our kids to be in a better in a better shape financially when we're, we're not here anymore. Like those right. are the things that we really both valued. Well, I'm curious about I, NG's thoughts. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I feel like the other I... You two are married. Me, I'm, me, I'm, you know, <laughs> gallivanting around. Gallivanting. <laughs> yes. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yep. Okay, good. Um, I love what you said. Like, I think your outlook is what is, what makes marriages where there is a discrepancy or disparity between income, especially when it's the woman making more. Exactly. Your outlook makes it okay. It makes it work. Um, but I wonder if the reason that you're able to kind of feel that way, do you feel like it's because you guys kind of grew together? Like you didn't meet her as a six figure earner. You met her in medical school when you guys were both kind of on your grind. Yeah. Um, because I feel like at this age, at 32 mm-hmm. or 33, you're earning six figures. You meet a guy, you're kind of, you're kind of looked at as like, Ugh, I don't know if I can tame that. I don't know if I can, I, can, I don't know if I can handle all of that because yeah. this woman has already gotten so much so do you feel like it was really helpful that you met her when you guys are both still grinding i don't i don't i don't me personally i would say that i don't think it would have made that much of a difference as far as it may have it may have taken a little longer as far as how the um how the the thoughts would have changed but i don't think so because for me i i'm pretty secure in my in me and my abilities i know that again Mm -hmm. Full disclosure, like my wife, of course, was not, you know, she was married before she divorced. Right. So she's kind of been in that situation before where she Mm. she was with someone who was with her while she was shooting in the gym. Right. I came in towards the end. So it wasn't like she already knew where she was headed. Right. So at this point, it was either it wasn't like she was just starting med school. She was finishing med school, getting ready to go to residency. Right. So she already knew where she was headed. The six figures was coming. Right. So and I knew that, too. So it wasn't to, to some degree. I already I wasn't worried about that because, again, my whole thing was I I know that if I want to make if I want to put myself in a situation to make six figures, I could. Right. Mm-hmm. It's I chose I chose to go for a path that gave me things that money couldn't buy. Right. Which mm-hmm. I felt was like peace of mind. I was able to be a little bit more flexible. I, I, you know, life I can take time off to spend with my kids and my, you know, I, I took. A, a step back for that understanding that she i have no problem with her doing that so far as she's not using that to try to like intentionally denigrate me and make me mm-hmm. feel like you know you're just not doing anything and you're just a, a full-blown dependent 
which she's mm-hmm. never had that. And she's never. And one thing that I love about my wife is that she's never brought up like my money. It's me doing this. Right. It's always been like and I've never been the one to be like, yo, this is our money either. But it was kind of like this money's for the marriage. Right. This money is mm-hmm. for the household. Right. I'm working hard. And of course, we we, we have ways to, to we manage our money where we have our own separate accounts, but we also have a joint. Right? So we can still be able to do things for us, buy things for ourselves where we're not over, you know, looking over each other's neck and saying, how much did you spend on this? How much? Like we're not doing that either. Mm-hmm. So we were able to just say, hey, look, at the end of the day, what I'm making is to take care of us. And what right. you're making is to take care of us. Right. It's not just going anywhere. So. So, Kalechi, can I ask, as I know that you are, well, this is why I want to ask, because you sound extremely evolved. You sound like not a typical Nigerian man. And so (laughs) my question is, you know, you I'm assuming, obviously, you have male friends. Yeah. Is your view representative of of what you think Nigerian men feel about women who make? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If anything, this would be this would be what people would then say. You are a a beta male. Right. It just Mm. becomes that whole thing. That conversation Mm -hmm. becomes, uh, you know, it, it becomes very toxic when it comes to how people want to start describing your masculinity because right. you decide you want to take a step back. And that's what most African men, I think, who, I'm not going to say, oh, there are some brothers who do who do relate and say, you know what, yeah, like, mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't mean, it's not a big deal to me because then if I want to make money, I'll make money. But at the end of the day, we're, we're doing this together. But not all. Like you said, most Nigerian right. men at the end of the day, especially those who are coming straight, straight, straight off the boat, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or straight off the plane. Mm-hmm. They're, they're already like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm the man. I have to be submissive, you know, and we'll talk about that, too, because I want to ask. About yeah, that. I don't. Yeah, yeah so we're going gonna to unpack that. No, too. You're cooking right now. Yeah. I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> but most most guys, you know, once and once they see a woman that makes more, it's for some reason baffling. For some reason, it's like I don't know whether they fall into this perspective as to what are my guys going to think? You know, mm. or what, what does it mean when they say, oh, what are you doing? What is your wife doing? Say, oh, she's mm-hmm. a lawyer. She's a doctor. And you, you may they may be like, oh, is she the one that's buying you stuff? Are you the one you don't you can't mm. afford? So I guess they, they get into this rabbit hole as far as material things. And it feels like whoever makes the most money can have the loudest voice. All of a sudden they, they create right. their own classes system in their like in their own minds. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they 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 become intimidated they don't want to interact they don't want they they everything you might find a a very attractive woman that has everything going for herself and instead of you saying like yo like how can i continue to support mm-hmm. and be a partner in this it becomes this whole like oh the conversation stops and i just want you to be oh you need to you know tone it down or calm down and bring you know like it just it just becomes this whole very awkward diffusion yeah. in their in their relationship and i don't know why i don't i can't really answer why because to me it doesn't make sense right i think about it for those who are working who are you know if you're in law or whatever right if you if you're you're you're, a, you're on a partner track like you're if you're a law a lawyer and you're working in a in a firm and you're trying to be on a track to be partner are you coming in as partner making a lot of money no, you're coming into the bread and you and all right. of a sudden you put your contributions in, you all then take that money and you do your thing and then you take your cut and do what you want to do, right? You're, you're, you're getting married into the larger pot of money. And that's kind of how I look at it too, where it's like, okay, I may not contribute a lot now, but um, 
if I put if you put my my salary together with yours and we go invest in something, we gonna be all good. Right, so, right. Yeah. Again, that that's just my mindset. Other Nigerian men tend to just think like, I have to be the one that provides. Anything right, else yeah. that you bring is bonus, and because it's bonus, that means it's optional. And because it's optional, I have the voice because I make the money. Therefore, I'm telling you, it doesn't need to be an option for you. It's an option for me to allow you to do <laughs> what you need to do. Does that make sense? Right, like it, yes. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like it, it, that's that's the mentality, and I don't think it's the correct one because I think it creates havoc that doesn't need to be created. Well, that's mm-hmm. the thing, right? I mean, you think about Nigerian women. I'm not trying to be like elitist yeah. towards Nigerians, but we are pretty extremely successful and smart. Like yeah. we, whatever we choose to do, I feel like we excel in it, and mm-hmm. we are always at the top of whatever we're choosing to do. Yeah, and so um, it it just it's hard because then it it seems like okay if you are a six figure earning Nigerian woman which a lot of us are mm-hmm. it's almost like are then do we count Nigerian men out mm. because I mean do I want someone who only feels like they their voice matters their money matters and they would probably maybe try to uh, dim my light I'll I'll be honest yeah. I think in my dating life I honestly have taken a turn away from Nigerian men okay. Um, a pretty solid pivot. I think I've taken a pretty <laughs> solid, a solid pivot, pivot. away. Um, talking 90 anyway, or 180 degrees. <laughs> I, I, I want to say 180. You know, I, no. I, I <laughs> that's not accurate. But okay. I, it's just, <laughs> I want to say 180, but maybe it's more of a 90 degree turn. But it was, it was a part of that realization that I, I don't feel like I get that sense of being myself when Mm. dating a Nigerian man and you know I've got a I've got a close relationship with my dad well both my parents but you know my dad I really tap him for male advice okay um and when he started to agree with me when he started to sit there and be like yeah I mean it might not be for you Mm. you know it it is it's a it's a it's it's slightly alarming to know that like I have really pulled myself out of the pool of Nigerian men because Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel like I have to change my personality, Mm. that I have to, like how we started this episode about choosing how much of your money to show, right? right? Like, I like nice things. I like, you know, I want a nice bag, you know, all these things that I don't want to feel like if I show up that way, that that has immediately intimidated this person and now they're they're turned off. So I've stopped dating them. (laughs) I've just stopped. What do you look for? In a, in a potential partner or someone that you're that you think is suitable for dating what are you mm-hmm. looking for especially in in your current state as someone that makes that much money um and you know ng what did you look for in in, in you that you found in your husband because like what type of qualities mattered to allow you to take that next step I'll let NG go first okay. <laughs> of course you will <laughs> I can't with you so I mean to me, I was kind of in the same place as your wife was when I met my husband. I was in medical school. I knew where I was going. We both knew like my earning potential. Right. So to me, I looked for somebody that knew how to partner, Mm. like somebody who knew how to be humble, Mm -hmm. somebody whose ego wasn't too much for him. Right. Because the thing is, when you have a career like a physician, it's clear the money per- oh, earning yeah. potential is clear. It's oh, not yeah. like you have to guess or wonder. Oh, yeah. It's clear. So from jump, you already know where we're going. Mm-hmm. So I needed somebody that felt solid and secure enough in himself that my money did not 
demean or degrade or diminish his manlihood. Exactly. Like his manlihood was not dependent on how much I make or what I'm doing. He was a man on his own and I was a woman on my own and we could come together and be in a partnership. Exactly. I mean, when I'm when I'm dating, honestly, I've gotten to a place where I've realized I just really want someone who just wants to be there. Mm. That's it. Mm. I mean, it like just be a teammate, mm. um, whether it's just having conversations about nothing or just, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there are so many like standards out there and mm. really at the heart of it. I just want someone that just wants to hang out with me That's and it. just chill. That's and let's it. just do life together and just chill out about it. Like it. stop asking me what I can bring to the t- table and I'm not asking you what you can bring to the table. Just be my friend and chill and like, let's hang out. Like, that's it. Why does it always have to be a table? Like get a, I, get I know. a beach chair. You know what I'm saying? You I know, know. Like, what do you bring into the beach chair? Let's myself, right. like bring yourself, bring your, like, right. Yes. Bring your whole bring self. Your that's whole all self. I want. It doesn't make yeah. sense. And, I, and that's what I mean. Like you, people have spent so much time trying to make it a pissing contest mm-hmm. when it, it again why you're my wife you're my partner you right. know you're not my competition you're my collaborator mm-hmm. right yeah, we're exactly. not competing we are collaborating so right. why do i then why do i then have to turn this into uh, um this you know apple versus android thing in the same household it doesn't it doesn't make right? any and sense G- Right, and NG is the biggest Apple versus Android person I've ever seen in my life. Wait, whose screen is whose screen is green here? Uh, <laughs> Hold on. Right, whose screen is green? I, I thought we were all, right. all team blue. Relax. No, no, no. Um, uh, in, in all seriousness, um, I think those things really do play a role because when people get their 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 ability to be able to have see a future their foresight gets blocked and it becomes very narrow once you start you can't see yourself just being able to say hey look it's okay if my wife pays for this trip it's okay right. like it's fine like again because mm-hmm. there are other things that you if people actually chose to listen they would realize that there are other things that you can bring to the relationship that money doesn't necessarily have to right. you know provide like just like you said Chi like just be there be supportive because right. again like as even ng you know as a physician it's it's yeah the money pays but the life <laughs> the yeah. life is demanding right depending on what field money. you're in right it's very demanding there's a lot of things mm-hmm. that you have to think about as a physician that you have to worry about on a data databases there's responsibilities always opportunities for malpractice and negative. like there's always those risks and as mm-hmm. just a partner knowing that okay this is what for that money this is what she or he they have to go through when they come home sometimes it's just a rough day just be there right yeah. that was the thing that money can't buy be there be supportive listen right Mm -hmm. my wife come and she talk about all just i don't sometimes i mean i'm pretty privy to some of the things she's talking about but i'd be like damn girl like wow every day (laughs) like these are kids right like it's it's not like she's a pediatrician so it's like damn these are kids but man it's all it's a lot of stuff that goes down and for me it's like even though there are days when i'm just like i don't even you know but the fact that she knows that i'm listening i'm attentive and i'm just here I think she always right. feels like, man, this this is relieving. She can come home and she can be able to just relax, right? And that's the type of thing that I'm saying. Well, if if I can't bring anything else to this proverbial table, I can bring right. that. My ears, my li- I can listen. I can be, mm-hmm. you know, I can be able to provide affection when she needs it. Those types of things, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Th- that's 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 what I think. Mo- I wish for most 
men from whatever your culture is those are the things that i wish they would do more yeah and you know i think oh go ahead ng i while i have you know a married nigerian man on the line i need to ask (laughs) what what do you think about the idea of submission right you kind of mentioned before like you're the head of your family and your wife is a collaborator yeah so how do you navigate being the head, quote unquote, her being submissive, quote unquote, when she is the breadwinner. So for me, I've never really, I've never, I, really, I never really liked that. Truth be told, mm-hmm. I didn't ask for a submissive woman. Like I said, growing up, I've always really truly believed in that idea of equality. Like, but again, of course, there's certain things you you know. But I've always felt like if you can, if I can do it, you can do it. If you can do it, I can do it. I believe mm-hmm. that. You know, there there are some ideas as far as, okay, what role do you play and all those types of things, gender roles. I've, from where I am to, I mean, where I was to here, where I am now, it's never really changed significantly, but I've never, I, I just find it so, for me, I find it so unattractive to have to forcibly want a woman to submit to me. I feel like if a woman, I feel like if a woman in my eyes if I do my job and a woman feels secure, then she'll submit because she feels safe and vice right. versa, mm-hmm. right? Because if, if, if I if I ask, expect her to feel safe, then I too need to allow myself to be vulnerable and be safe with her. And that's in its own right, is a, it's a form of submission as far as emotional um, mm-hmm. submission. So I've never really asked for that. I don't like it because it's just like, it doesn't feel authentic in my yeah. mind. Like, I want you to respond the way you want to respond. Don't respond because of culture. Don't respond because you feel like, no, like we're, we're partners in this. I can't do this without you. Like, and I don't want to necessarily do this and lead this by myself without you. And because it's who's getting all the glory here. We're, we're a team. Right. And I, right. so I don't I never really cared for that as much. And that's just truth be told. I wish my wife was here that she I hate that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, don't you know, like if you go if you're doing it, like if let's and I don't know, like as far as like serving your, you know, your man or your like I it, it goes both ways for me. Like right. you do it for because of love. You do it because you just want to create you want your partner, your your lover, whoever, to just feel comfortable, to feel like they are being taken care of, but not because you have to. I feel like then I'll never really know who I'm married to. I want right. to know. I want to yeah. know who you are. I want to know who you are whether you agree or mm-hmm. disagree. I, I've always been the one that I've always been the one that believes, you know, in starting a relationship off with conflict, and I I can explain that mm-hmm. by basically saying that I've always been one to want to know how we respond if we don't agree. So I've always right. been a pro, I've always been a proponent of conflict, not arguments, not you know beef, not just fights, but I I I don't mind. When, especially early in a relationship, being able to see where you stand when we don't agree, because the, it's so easy in relationships to to create a honeymoon period where everything is good. You just, you know, y'all talking, y'all like each other and you just mm-hmm. saying all the right things and you're just agreeable because but that's not life. That's not marriage. <laughs> you know, just from observation. No, like you, if I'm going to be with you for the rest of my life, we're talking about the rest. <laughs> that's the day to day basis. I can't agree with you every day. I can't even like you every day. Exactly. <laughs> like, truth and I, be told. I think this is a good segue into the, the next topic yeah. of dating expectations of professional yeah, black yeah. women, right? Yeah. Like, you know, it, the the submission piece of it um, is, is 
it's difficult for me to think how that works, mm. uh, think about how that works. But I, I agree with you. I think if you're, if you're doing what you need to do for your woman, she's going to do what she needs to do for you. It's exactly. like, it's, it's almost like, don't force me to show you the other side of me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if, if you, if you start screwing around, then you're forcing me to show you a part of me that I didn't want to show you. Exactly. I didn't want to show you this side, but you know, now we no longer have peace exactly. because you know, you're not doing what you're, you know, what I need you to do. And, and, and now I'm, I'm not happy with this. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, I think too, for me, some of my dating expectations, of, you know, I, I go back and forth about this. I do feel a little, you know, weird about it. Okay. But I do tend have a tendency to date men who do make more money than I do. Okay. Um, and so as because of that, I think that um, I've had to look at the type of men that I'm dating and be more realistic with my expectations. Mm. So, you know, if I'm dating somebody who... Let's say they make a lot of money and they travel a lot, mm-hmm. right? Well, I just explain that I want someone who just wants to be there, just be my friend. Let's just chill. Let's relax. Like, exactly. no. But so a guy that's jet setting and doing all this other stuff, is that really somebody that is for me? Like, is that my long-term partner? Is that my life partner? Probably Why? not. Why not? I feel like the <laughs> lifestyle that this guy or these kinds of guys enjoy uh-huh doesn't lend itself to being the kind of guy that wants to stay home on a Friday night and chill and watch Netflix and cook and eat and just not do anything. Like just literally just be there. You know, um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry to inter- interrupt. I'm, I was Go going to say that I wonder because it's, it's, and I don't know what is permissible, what not permissible, but I've always figured that if you are one of those guys that is jet setting and traveling or whatever, I think, and this is just me. But I've always felt like if you really are, even if you are traveling often, you can always, you got enough money, you make enough money to bring your, bring your, your partner with you. Right. <laughs> Let's right. go on a trip. Like we, right. tri- now we, now we just out here, we're both jet setting. Right. Mm-hmm. And we can take one of, even if I'm there for work, right. You can get flued out with mm-hmm. me and we can spend. But I work. Of, but you work. Right? But, okay. And, and I think. To, like okay so there, there's a difference right i think those kinds of men like the women that are waiting on that they want to be flued out mm. they want to get the trips and the bags and the money and all that fun right. stuff and the vacations um whereas i'm looking you know i'm also looking at that kind of guy and i'm like well you know bro i work right <laughs> like so no I no, can't... no so i'm not i'm not even saying like it's about just me whining and dining and flying you mm-hmm. out but i'm saying as far as you wanted me to be there but if i can't be there because of work and I right. want to make this relationship work, right? Is compromise then? Mm. Is compromise saying, "Hey, look, I know, but I want to either, you know, I, you know, get a ticket so that we can spend, you know, even if it's just a weekend or whatever, mm-hmm. but we can be able to still find time, even if we're just in a hotel sitting watching a movie, doing exactly what you wanted to do at the crib, but since I can't be at the crib, right? right. We can just we can change locations and still engage in the same activities." So I'm just trying to, I mean, I feel like that would, in my mind, that would be the, Mm -hmm. the, I would try to compromise that if I know that my job is demanding enough for me to, you know, that I can't be consistently at home, but I still want my partner to feel secure in us knowing that I'm not just out here acting a fool, you know, that whatever we do, we Mm -hmm. doing it together, right? That that would be my mentality. But most guys, obviously, they they probably like, now we out here lavish. It just seems hard to think that, at least from some of them that I've met, right? Yeah, I can only course. speak from my experience, yeah. 
that those kinds of men don't actually want to they they're looking for convenience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They 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 that's what they want to spend their money on is convenience. And yeah. so I think if part of me just doesn't feel or I haven't met anyone um in that space that seems to want to settle down mm. right and so they don't accommodate that they don't try hey i've got a couple days here if you want to fly out and do this they you know they don't offer those things because they're looking for someone that's on the go ready for them whenever they're you know whenever they want them but then and, I, yeah, I would definitely agree with you chichi because the thing is that guys who make a lot of money right uh-huh. they are considered the cream of the crop, quote unquote. These are the guys that women are all after. So they don't have to find a way to make their schedule work with another person who's also a six figure earner, high earner. They find women who their life and their um, career is the the main thing. And you're just like my, you're my partner, but you just come along. When I say we're Mm -hmm. going here, you're ready. When I say we're doing this, you're ready. Like they don't want a woman that they have to be like, okay, well, you know, I have this project going on. Can you cook tonight? And can- what's no. your schedule like? And like that's so, and that's why I'm, that's so toxic to me. That's crazy. I know. It, it really is, and it grinds my gears a little bit. And don't get me wrong. Like again, most people who listening, fellas, if you listen and you make more money than me, you want me to shut up. I apologize, but uh, you know, <laughs> listen, I can't relate. You know, I'm broke, I guess. But you know, the thing, <laughs> but for me, it just it I because I think there's so many more things that makes a relationship interesting because I feel like when you get into that, as you both described where, yes, you're right. And my wife talks about it all the time too. And when I talk to my friends who are also six figure women in in different industries, they talk about that idea of the men in those fields feel like they are the cream of the crop. They are the ones that are being wanted. So they don't necessarily have to, you know, adjust and negotiate a compromise. Right. So they, Mm -hmm. they're the ones that are setting the terms but it's such, it just sets the it sets the tone for such a very mundane relationship, mm-hmm. right? It's just a very dry, boring relationship. And you wonder why those people end up getting divorced very early because you don't know who you really married to if right. you don't allow yourself. Because I would rather have a partner who has these projects, who has these things going on. And yes, you're busy, but we at least have something to talk about. Like when, right. when the sex and all these other things that make a relationship spicy is not there, we have other things that we can talk about to be able to sustain our relationship, whether it's work, we can find ways to encourage each other, find ways to talk each other out of things where you need to get a new job. Like it makes life a little bit more interesting as a, for me, again, I'm looking at it. I always look at things, big picture, small picture, but it just makes things a lot more interesting than me just being, it being a one way thing where, because I'm making this amount, because what happens when God forbid that, that success that you have doesn't, is not there no more what do you right. have with that person it's the, the foundation it's the foundation yeah, no. and 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 i agree i think it's i think it's a unique sort of situation like when you talk about being a six-figure woman mm-hmm. right is you know most women i would say want a man that makes more than them mm-hmm. and so but when you're in a situation where you already are a high earner then your pool, if you're looking for someone that makes more than you, Smart. are these men that are Smart. already programmed to just exactly. think it's just about their money and, and you know, it really you need to get with their program. That's... And so it kind of, it brings us back to like, okay, well, do I need to, I don't know, Yo, review it's my expectations. This is fascinating. 
Sorry, and it's fascinating because <laughs> no, as you you all are painting a beautiful, a, a very clear picture, and I hope for those who are listening, you can kind of understand the dilemma that most women in your shoes find themselves in, right? Mm-hmm. Because the the men who make less are intimidated, right? They don't they feel uncomfortable. They don't want to. They don't feel like they can be able to have a say or bring have stake in in a relationship because they're not making as much. But then on the other side of the coin, the guys who make more, they also feel like they can be jerks or they can just be very, um, they can, they can do, they can, they feel a little bit less obligated to be Mm -hmm. attentive or be the man that you envision them, that you want them to be or the partner that you want them to be because they understand that they are the catch, quote, quote, they're the ones that are being sought after. Right. So it's like, who do you want to deal with? Mm-hmm. Right. Either way, they're both <laughs> they're, they're both not not that attractive. And sometimes you just want it. That's and hence here I am. I mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm single. I'm not single, but whatever. Um, but that's why, you know, you I end up in a space like this. Right. Where, mm. you know, I'm 33 years old and it's not be, for a lack of options that I'm well, I'm not single, so let me stop saying that. But <laughs> I know what you um, mean, it's just the fact that <sighs> I don't want to deal with things I don't want to deal with. I just right, don't. Right, I, right. And and those two pools that you just you know broke down—that's what it is. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, do I want to go through any of that, or should I just kind of chill out and just hang out on my own and, and do my own thing? What because about, what about mm-hmm. the pressure from family? Right, I, said, I was gonna, I was gonna bring. I need to bring in the, the cultural aspects because we're all, we're all Africans in this space, right? And and I mm-hmm. think the cultural uh, influence also plays a role in in how we supposedly pick our partners or who we marry to. And it's interesting mm-hmm. because of, and I'm wondering, do you all? I mean, well, NG, you're married, so it's really you, Chi Chi, right? Like, do you, mm-hmm. the pressure? Are you feeling any pressure about? having to be married at, you know, he was like, oh, you're, you're 33 mm-hmm. now. Like you have to, where's our, where's our child? Where's our, child? Where's our husband? Our, our I son-in-law? sure am. Right. I'm, this is now, ne- I've never seen anything quite like it, to wow. be honest. I mean, <laughs> I've had, I've had grandmothers calling me crying, upset <sighs> that I haven't found a partner. I just got a call from my dad this morning, expressing just extreme interest in the person that I'm dating and trying to make sure that I'm really working to to make sure it works and and then you know and then I've got the age thing on me and so it's really it's extremely uncomfortable going home for the holidays is a nightmare at at this stage um because everybody is waiting on me to you know announce something of some sort and at the end of the day you kind of feel a little bit like you're disappointing your family Mm -hmm. like my grandmother's older she's 92 Mm -hmm. she just turned 92 Mm -hmm. and I honestly truly do feel away I mean that has always been her wish for me is to Mm -hmm. be married and this is something she has told me every single time and so I've started to feel like like I do want to I would love to make her happy I would love to make my family happy but I also can't settle or compromise my values just so that I can get married like I just I'm not willing to do that um so yeah I mean and especially being Nigerian like we are used to seeing these big old Bella Nigel weddings exactly, um, Bella Nigel. and they're getting married in their twenties. And it's like, so I feel like I'm kind of like, and I don't know, Angie, if you would agree, but I feel like I'm a little bit, I'm definitely on the older side when it comes to Nigerians to get married. Um, at the age of 33, I'm definitely older. Yeah, um, yeah. 
when parents are arranging things for people, they're looking for women that are in their 20s. Like, I'm not someone that's going to come to mind because mm. they're going to think I'm too old. Um, no, I mean, I agree with you, Chi Chi. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, for women in general, there is that pressure that quote unquote time ticking clock or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially for Nigerian women, not only is there the pressure of the age thing, but then now you're a six figure woman. So you can't just bring anybody. You have to bring somebody who's also a doctor or who's also a lawyer, like, or who has a certain degree. You can't just, right. right, It has to be equal. You can't, or he has to be above you. You can't Mm -hmm. just bring, you know, Joe Schmo off the street or somebody that works at Starbucks or something. It doesn't matter that together your income is enough to sustain your life. It does not matter. They want you to bring somebody that's like, Nigerian parents, they feel like they have invested and trained you up to get to this level. Like you're a doctor because we invested in you. And so for you to bring somebody that who they didn't, they don't have that same level or they haven't been invested in the same way. It's almost like you're insulting Insulting them them. or insulting the upbringing that they gave you. So it's just a lot from every angle. Like you're getting too much. It's too much. And at the end of the day, the priority is finding someone that will be your life partner. And that makes you happy. Exactly. But Mm -hmm. society, the culture, your parents giving you competing (laughs) initiatives. It's like, yeah, that's another, that's another angle, right? That's another pool. Right. You're talking about, you know, I just talk, I just painted the picture of, you know, the rich guy versus the guy who's not that rich. Mm-hmm. Then you got the parents who now have the expectation that you can't bring anybody that makes I've made you a doctor, but then you can't bring anybody that's less than that or not your mate in that industry or profession. So mm-hmm. it's like your options are so limited. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. unbelievably it's tiny. tiny. I mean. And then we, I talked, we talked about earlier, right? Like I have to, I have to step out of the Nigerian guy pool. I have to. Most guys, even across cultures, don't, most guys still feel some type of way about dating. Doesn't that, I feel like that's something that transcends race. It does. It really does. I think (laughs) for me, because I am Nigerian, right. And I have this affinity towards Nigerian men. I had to, I have to like actively do it. Right. Uh It's not something natural to me. I have to actively, you know, I'll ask a few questions for sure. But, you know, I think if I, I, if I can sense that, you know, you're kind of a traditional type of guy, Mm -hmm. you know, like you want your woman drinking Hennessy, like I'm going to drink a glass of Hennessy on a Friday night (laughs) and I'm going to love it. Right. Like I don't want anyone looking down on me. And I think, you know, a lot of Nigerian men don't like that kind of behavior. Like, I think it's more of that masculine, I guess, masculine behaviors, Mm. I guess, or things that they would be interested in. They don't like seeing their woman interested in. And it's like, that's not going to work over here. Absolutely not. Those are the things that I'm like, why not? Right. And that's going back, going back to this idea that you all brought up regarding submission. And that's what sometimes doesn't make sense. And I've said this before, maybe it was to you all off air, but I said this before that it doesn't make sense to me when you all, as described, your parents, our parents have invested in us in so much time, all these things. They've told us all our lives, read your book, study, go and read your book, go and get straight A's, compete, compete, mm-hmm. all these things. We grind and hustle all the way to the top where we get to these professions, right? Especially mm-hmm. for, for women where you've been told all your lives, you need to go be a doctor, you need to be all this. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you get to this point in your career and then you meet a man or a woman, whoever, that then asks you 
to do something that you've not programmed yourself to do all your life, which is be a house person, like a housewife. Right, like right. it makes no sense. Like for me, how do you, you just spent your whole life reading, doing all the things that groom you to be a professional, but then you're yet expected all of a sudden mm-hmm. to meet someone who will ask you to do something that you've never done, which is just be a house person, a housewife and cook clean and be submissive. And right. do it's like, and then your parents too, then also add to that because they're the same way they expect you to do those things too, because they right. want to charge it to home training. But all those, years when you were in college and like you weren't you know what i mean like you were still right. hustling trying to be the doctor or the a professional that you was gonna be how does that man expect you to just turn into this you may have right. you may have some of those skills but that's not a full-time thing that's not who you I conditioned mean, yourself to be we we actually had a conversation like this right ng where we were talking about like partnership that like our our moms raise us to be independent, have great jobs, don't exactly. need anyone, don't do any, you know, don't have to rely on a guy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we're told at a certain age, where's your partner? You need a partner. It's like, I don't know how to be a partner to anyone. I've only hustled for myself my whole life. Like, where did this come from? Right. Yeah. But it's like it's it, it becomes foreign. Now I'm just like, OK, how do I do this now? How mm-hmm. do I how do I join my life with someone when I have only been raised to hustle and settle yeah, myself? Exactly. Period. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think that that to me, especially if I were to be dating at this age, like that has to be part of the conversation. Like to. you have to know that I'm not go- if you if you're looking for a housewife, I'm not her. That's like not I'm not going to work a full job and then come home and also clean the whole house and cook you a yeah. three course meal. Like it's yeah. not going to happen. So if that's what you want, then I'm not the right person for mm, you. Right. But unfortunately, even with those conversations, like everyone has their schema in their head of what is a husband, what is a wife. And so even if it's been clear to you all the time that we've been dating that I'm not that person, when that, when that marriage happens and you become wife, that person defaults to their schema. They're like, well, I still want my wife to still be that person. Like, I know you said you're not that person, but find a way to become that person. (laughs) Find a way. Or I'll I'll find an annulment. That's what I'll do. I'll find a way to annul this marriage. We're going to talk, and we got to talk about that too. But now we're, we're on this topic of expectations, gender roles, right? And so what do you, what do you imagine I mean, and Angie, you can kind of speak based on your current situation, but for Chi Chi, and I'll I'll speak on mine. As far as how did you, you know, when you're who you imagine marrying or whatever the case may be, how do you expect roles to be played? What what type of role and partner do you expect to be to have in your partnerships in marriage or date, even dating, I mean, even serious dating? <laughs> I would say that I don't know. Like for me, my main example of marriage of obviously is my parents Mm. and they didn't have a super traditional you know man is the breadwinner and he's the leader and stuff like that my mom was very she was a a leader type and my dad was more of like a he was a little bit more submissive than her not submissive but a little bit more passive I should say yeah so when I thought about my own situation I thought I want a man that's going to take charge I want a man that's going to lead Um, But when it came down to it, I realized like, I'm not the type to submit like that. Like I'm a type A personality. I have, you know, this tendency towards leading because that's what I saw growing up. Um, But I still had those like societal quote unquote norms that were like ingrained in my head. Like I need a man that's going to be a 
provider. He's going to be head of the household. He's going to be an alpha male, like all of that stuff. But in reality, that would never work for someone like me. Like mm. it just can't. So yeah, that's a yeah. good point because, and I think I'm, I'm kind of the, um, no, I'm the same way, but I think I'm very clear and aware of it. Not that I want to control or, or, or be the dominant person in the relationship mm -hmm. but i certainly don't want somebody i i always want it to be a collaboration exactly. right it's got to be a conversation between two people it can never be like one person is making a decision for me yeah um and, and at the same time i i do tend like my again exam example of a relationship my, for my parents they're very much 50 50 teammates mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um you know, for most of my upbringing, they both were equally yoked, bringing in the same amount of money. It was always just a team. It was a teamwork, mm -hmm. right? Um, later on in life, when my dad retired and he kind of decided to move to Nigeria for a bit and come back. So they, you know, they were kind of moving around. And during that period, my dad was the breadwinner and my mom was kind of like a housewife, especially in Nigeria. So after being in the States for however 30 years, for, for my mom to go back to Nigeria and then kind of feel like, okay, we're you know, where do I fit in? Right. But there's this respect level that's always there. So that, that was a few years ago was where my dad was the breadwinner and my mom was kind of just trying to figure it out. Mm. Now my mom's the breadwinner. My dad's kind of just at home, taking care of the home, making sure things get done, you know, whatever it is that he needs to do to make sure the household keeps running smoothly. That's what he does. Yeah. And he does it without any, it, there is no issue with it. It's just natural. It's like, hey, we're a team. Mm. Like you're holding it down right now. You're bringing this in right now. At home, I make sure things are good and everything's running the way that it should. And mm. that's it. Yeah. Like, um, and that's what I expect, and that's what I want yeah. from my partnership. Yeah. Um, is just a real equal team yeah. when it comes mm -hmm. to what we need to get done. Yeah. No, that's. I think that's how it should be in my mind, and and that's kind of how it is for me, where it's. You know, as far as the typical gender norms, as far as how what was expected, I even not even intentionally, our marriage has mm -hmm. worked out where I'm not like, for example, as Angie said, like if if you when you get married, typically, you know, the the standard traditional marriage expectation in a marriage is that the man is the the person who does all the handiwork and all the right. hammering and tools. I'm not that guy. I'm a scholar. My, like, <laughs> so I'm like, I, well, best tool yeah. I know how to use is a pen. And, you know, and, and I can read and I can write. I can right. definitely write a dissertation about how to build something. But, but I Kalechi, can't... I think that that's not, I don't think that's our generation of men, though. Well, like, it, it, well, to some degree. I mean, I think there are, like, that's true to, to a certain degree because some mm -hmm. dudes feel like they pay for it. But, like, my wife. Right. She's the handy one. And the first time we lit, when we decided to live together, you know, I guess she must have thought that I was going to pick up a hammer with her. And I was looking at her like, we can call. We can call a professional, a real professional right. to get this done. Right. And that's kind of how it was where she likes to do all the tools. But she had experience with her dad when she would hang out with him and he would work on, you know, different parts of the house and she would be with him. I never had that opportunity because my mom told me to go out and read a book. Right. And my mom told me to go read a book. So I read right. a book and I wrote and did my homework and did all those things that didn't give me the opportunity to be able to gain those skills. So right. she was like, damn, like you're not. So the way we, we ended up like just we our things are very different because for her, she's into those things where I'm more of the interior designer. I can mm -hmm. I'll put the I'll set up the house. I'll tell you how to put some nice, you know, colors together and make it look mm -hmm. nice. All those things. And um, I'm comfortable with that. Right. Or even. Mm -hmm. 
with our roles in the house, like I said, as far as you just said, um, you know, Chi Chi, as far as I don't want to be coming home, you know, full day and I got to come home and cook dinner too. Right. And we right. have to realize like, you, that doesn't make any sense. Like, right. So we split like, up days and where you're making dinner, who's making dinner on these days and, and things of that nature. So we, we shift, those, we share those responsibilities, even with childcare, right? Like mm-hmm. for me, and for me, it's like, who's the one that gives the kids a bath and make mm-hmm. sure that they, you know, they they eat. And we, we split up all those duties to a certain, to, I can't breastfeed, obviously. So, <laughs> but, but other than that, you know, I try to make sure that we have, you know, very, I have an active role to take as much um, take as much of a load off of her so she doesn't right. feel like she's alone in this because she's not. She's not supposed to be. The whole point of me right. being married to her is to for her to not feel alone, right? right. And not for like, her to feel like, okay, now I have another child it that makes I need no, to take exactly. care of. And, and yeah. it's crazy that you bring that up because my when I was in, in Champagne in my grad school, and I'll never forget when my, mm-hmm. my best friend, um, she was dating a guy at the time. And mm-hmm. if she hears this episode, I know she's going to be laughing. But like, <laughs> She was dating a guy. We were going to the, uh, we were going to, I think there's Taste of Champagne. It was in the summer. And I just remember we were talking. I was asking her how the situation was going. And she was just like, yo, like, I feel like I'm babysitting my boyfriend. And I was like, hey, God. <laughs> like, yo, if that if that's a painful thing. That's a, that's, oh. I was like, I would never, I go for a bit. I would yeah. never want my, my own to feel like I'm babysitting my own like wow right right and some men think that find that endearing and it's it's gross like you need you know those are those are mother issues god forbid i I was like i don't want that at all right i'm not trying to be someone's mom that's for sure uh -uh. so i was like from and that that, that, that's always something that lingers in my head where it's like look i don't ever want it to be a situation where you feel like you're you have to you can take care of me of course as a wife as a partner you know those types Mm -hmm. of things but not to the point where you truly do feel like I have kids and then I have you too as a kid that I have to take care of and I feel like I'm doing this all by myself as a single mother wife and that's yeah, not like, that's not absolutely not god forbid I don't want yeah. that right so <laughs> I just it, it was just so that's something that just that resonates with me yeah often it's crazy I yeah I know I know women who I, I think it's that I don't know what they call it is a nightingale syndrome or something where they want to mm. save somebody and yeah and you know I listen a lot of women are built like that and it's a it's a thing for a lot of women um I've seen it firsthand. Women choose these kind of guys over and over and over again. So, I mean, if that's your preference, more power to you. Yeah, but no, absolutely can't. not. I'm not parenting a grown I man. Can't. Uh, <laughs> no, we need to be on the same level. And like we were talking right. about before, again, I need to know who I'm with. If you're talking about doing this for a long time, I take the I've spent enough time or I would like to invest enough time to know who you are as far as, you know, how do we deal with a variety of issues, right? And and, and those are things mm-hmm. that when dating, I don't know if it happens, and I, I don't know if most women who make six figures are looking to have these conversations but can't because the people they're dating just can't get over the fact of what they do in their profession and their independence. But I feel like there's so many things and so many conversations that could be held and so many planning, so much planning that can be done if, um, you know, if guys actually allow themselves to just, not worry about those those things right. which is, in in the grand scheme of things is very very minute like if you really think about yeah. all the things you have to worry about in a lifelong partnership 
make how much money you make is very minute. Yeah, it really and is. it's 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 it changes too. Like you said, at some point, it, like with you and your wife, at some point the roles might switch, yeah, right? Absolutely. Where you're the breadwinner and she like so it just it's so kind of arbitrary to sit there and be like you know, yeah, you might make more right now, but tomorrow could be different. It and if you guys matter. are investing in things together, then like who knows what's who knows? who's whose money is who? It's yeah. it's it's for the family. It's for the family. Um, you're right. Yeah. Um, so then I okay. think I kind of, well, I'm, you're supposed to be the mediator. Well, so I don't no, know I'm why. Asking, I was, listen, this is what we're doing. <laughs> we're, we're collaborating, but I do. And I, for the sake of time, I know we, we definitely have to do this again, but, um, yes. cause we can talk about this for hours. We already passed like the hour mark, but I, yeah. I think, um, I want to ask about arranged marriages, right? I mm. want it because again, we talked about the culture. We talked about how our parents are expecting us. You talked about Chi Chi, how your grandma and, and the people back home are like looking for you to get married. Have you ever, anyone ever tried to like set you up? What do y'all think about arranged marriages for for women in who make that amount of money? Instead, who can't find a guy? And they're just like, look, just mm-hmm. let's just you find this guy, find me. Let's just put us together. Let's make it happen. Let's see how it happens and let's go from there. Is that something that you would be open to? Hundred percent. Yes. Really? Without hesitation. What? Are you kidding me? For, to have my family, and you know, Igbo people, right? There's a vetting process, right? Yeah, they yeah. Will go yeah. to the village, and they will talk to everybody and figure. So, if that has already been done, and this guy has been vetted, and all I need to do is just see if we vibe, and just like we can be. Because again, for me, my big thing is friendship first, uh, right? So, if yeah, you can be my yeah, friend and just care about me on a friendship level, I think everything else can come. Okay. Um. And if we're both dedicated to making this marriage work, we're fine. So I am a huge advocate. And in fact, like I did actually, NG could, NG, I know NG's probably laughing, but there was a point in the summer where I was discussing this with my family and and they were actively searching around and, and looking because again, I think the, the, the six figure woman thing is interesting because I'm not appealing to everybody mm-hmm. like on my own as a woman, I think other women could look at me and say, Oh, wow. I like that. But like from a male standpoint, I think that it's either, Oh, she's really expensive or she's high maintenance, or I don't know what to do with it. I can't handle it. Mm. And so for me, yeah, I was so open to like, Let's go to Nigeria. Let's Look, see what's going on. Let's yo, see who wants to come out here with me. I did not expect like, you to say that at no, all. I'm I thought you were going to be averse to it. No, I am all for it because, again, it's really hard to sift through all the stuff. Yeah. And for me, I think a family is huge for me. It's very important. And okay. so when I have a sign-off from family, mm-hmm. not just that they approve of the person, but that they've they've dug into the history of this person and they, when they feel comfortable with it, I feel comfortable with it. Okay. You know, I feel like you're just presenting me with somebody that could potentially be a good partner yeah. versus me going out there onto these apps and the world and having to filter through these guys and see who's genuine and who's not and who's this it just kind of cuts out a lot of that noise. You know, so I don't know if you all have watched or are familiar with the show on Netflix, Matchmaker or something. It was like a range, like it's like an, what is NG? the Indian family. I I've heard of it, but I haven't so watched it. So y'all need to watch it. Oh, I've it's like the Indian, it's show. the Indian matchmaker. Like she's a woman. She's her, her whole gig. It's very, and she goes to the U S and in India, her whole job is to match people for marriages. She meets the, right. she meets the woman tells them, okay, what are you looking for? And she goes and finds the guy, says, what are you looking for? And then she puts them together for this arranged marriage. And I was like, yo, like, this, it, what is, is this, is this something that would be very relevant 
in the African, you know, the African immigrant community or even just African mm-hmm. community in the U.S. Because I'm like, what if we had one of those like just designated aunties who, yes. would just, who would just be the one who understands, who's open minded, you know, who just like, look, sweetheart, what, what are you looking for in a, in a husband? And you're right. just like, I want this, this. And say, oh, OK, OK, I'll, 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 I'll WhatsApp you. And then she'll go back to Nigeria, <laughs> go somewhere. And then because yeah. you, know, you ha- y'all have to spend some time and watch the, the show. I was in I was I so find, intrigued I check it out. because I was just thinking about us, like our community. Like, is this something that we need, especially for those who mm-hmm. are struggling to finding a partner because of, you know, how much you make or other types of issues? Would that be something that would be very helpful? It's just, it's just a question that I, I think we should ponder on. You know, I don't, I'm sitting here listening to you guys and I'm <laughs> like, it sounds great on paper. Yeah. But the thing is, especially if you're talking about getting somebody that's from Nigeria, that lives in Nigeria <laughs> right now. Like I am married to a man who he his entire childhood up until he was like 19 or 20 was in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. So he's been here for a long time, but he grew up in Nigeria, right. speaks fluent Igbo, has accent, all of it. Mm-hmm. And for us to come together, this is somebody that has been living here for many years. Mm-hmm. For us to come together was still difficult. Like it, mm-hmm. the, the, the difference, even though we are, Nigerian American, yeah. we still were raised with that cultural background. There's still mm-hmm. a lot of differences, even just the little idiosyncrasies of mm. him understanding you and understanding what it's like to be a black woman in America. Yeah. That kind it's... of thing would would be a miss. Yeah. And you would have a lot of hard time trying to teach somebody that grew up in Nigeria what it's like to be here. Yeah. And you would probably run into those issues of him wanting you to be submissive and him having a completely different schema of what wife is mm. versus what <laughs> you're, you're totally right. ready to be. But so it, I it mean, sounds great. It but does. I it, don't know. It sounds great. And I think, you know, like I said, if you all watch it, she she definitely finds a way to do it. She doesn't just go like one country. She def, she does look in the country too, but she does. She just dips in her whole like black book, ro- rotary, whatever mm-hmm. it's called. Um, And she just finds people. But it's so crazy. I just... It's, but it's, it go ahead. sounds a lot like, honestly, it sounds a lot like what Nigerians do today anyways, what when they're try trying to do, do hookup. When they try to do whatever hookup. they call it. Yeah. yeah, because it's it really is. They're going through their Rolodex. Let me see. Let me call Auntie so-and-so and Rolodex. see if that son is still... Yeah. And, and and try and connect you. I mean, I've had a couple people like I ha- I'm the one with the ants that are like, "Hey, I've got somebody, let Yo. me connect Chichi. What's your WhatsApp?" And I've tried, right? I've I've given it a solid go. Yeah. But, you know, to to Angie's point, right? There's a lot that's missed, um mm-hmm. that's not understood. Yeah. But it would be kind of dope to see a to see more Nigerians do it like amongst the diaspora, I used right? To be... Like rather than going back to Nigeria, like, you know, but I just think we are all, uh, what's the word? We are now within the system here, right? So we've got dating apps, we've got options, we've got jobs where we meet people we have. So it's kind of harder to try to sell somebody here on an arranged type of marriage, because there's just so many options at your fingertips. Um, Yeah. So, okay. But I'm sorry, go ahead, Angie. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I was always against it. Like, I, it's just it's yeah. now, as I got older, as I talked to, you know, women like you or women who are really having a difficult time, even guys too, just mm-hmm. people who are having a difficult time finding a partner. And I'm just like, yo, like, is this, you think this is something you're doing? You're like, yeah, yeah, like, I, 
oh, okay, like I'm down, but not, mm-hmm. ne- not necessarily arranged marriage, but like dating apps, right? That was where it started for me. It was like, yo, you gonna use a yeah. dating app? And it's like, hell yeah, I use a dating app because I'm too busy to just be sitting here. Yeah, where do you think no I'm way. gonna, you know, people be like, where do you think I'm gonna find my partner? Like, I don't go to, you know, I'm not going mm-hmm. to parties. We're not an undergrad where we just meeting at the IRA right. house, you know, like we're not doing that right. no more, right? So, where am I going to find this person? When am I going to have time? Like, I have to use a dating app. It's the most convenient route. And yeah. I used to be against it because for me, like, when I met, when me and my wife got engaged and everything, mm-hmm. um, you know, my, my, my wife is African-American, right? So that mm-hmm. was already, mm-hmm. like, a battle. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. it was one of those things where I, I I remember vividly, like, once I got engaged and my, my, my dad was, like, talking to me and he was like, Oh, you know, like, you know, I guess him and my mom were like talking behind the scenes about like mm. trying to Aren't find they someone. always? <laughs> and I rolled my eyes. And one of the things that I'm very big on is that I told mm-hmm. him respectfully, I was like, look, we all know that this life is not forever. Right. One thing is when you all die, mm-hmm. who's going to love this person that you bringing them to me? All because right. it ain't me. Right. <laughs> I don't like, and exactly. maybe I could grow, but it wasn't, it wasn't organically created like mm-hmm. by me and my own, you know, and our interactions, this was something that you brought to me and, you know, and then maybe if it becomes something, you, I took a chance, yeah. such a huge gamble, but I've never, because I, my whole thing is that that means y'all get it. Y'all the one that get married, not me and her or me and, you mm-hmm. know, that person. So I've, I was initially against it, but the more I start talking to people who have so many different challenges because of where they're currently at in their lives and their profession I start to see why there are benefits to it that I would have never been open to back in the day. Yeah, I mean, you guys met your, well, right, um, Kalecha, you met your wife in school, right? Or yeah. towards the end, and, and I yeah. know um, Angie was in school too. And and I sit there and I think, gosh, I wish I held on to somebody that I <laughs> dated in school. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I just held on. But uh, it's, so it's hard, it's really hard, especially being a full ass grown ass woman mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. um there are things i would have tolerated in my 20s and my earlier years that are not even something i would even dare to tolerate today yeah. right and so as a result i i am definitely a lot more picky because i know exactly what i want mm-hmm. when i was younger i didn't and so it, you know pretty much anyone could come in and and we could see what would happen and if it's if it's toxic I'm out and if it's good then I'll stay in a little bit longer right. but I didn't have a full sense of what I wanted and now I do and so like what I've started to do recently is kind of be more intentional stating the things that I want um because from a man like what I want to see from them mm. um because for whatever reason, maybe it's cultural, I was raised or I, I always grew up thinking, let me just see what a man has to offer me and what they're willing to give me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can decide whether I want to tolerate it or not. Um, but now I'm at this point where I'm like, okay, as long as you're a good person and you want to be there, then I will tell you the things that I need from you. Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to give them and you're willing to bend, great. Um, if you're not, then that's how I know that I have to I kind of have to move on, but yeah, yeah it's tough. It's, it, I mean, to be a full adult, <laughs> it's tough to like now connect, meet someone and then have to build trust with somebody who's a complete stranger. Yeah. It's, that's, it's a hard thing to do. Um, but it's something I've challenging myself with 
Yeah. Uh, no, it this is this has been such an eye-opening conversation for me and this was what I was looking forward to um and I, and I know we definitely have to wrap things up cuz we've definitely gone like yeah. I don't want our listeners to be like damn. Oh, <laughs> they got things to do too. It's a podcast. <laughs> but um you know, I I've learned so much and I definitely hope that we can do this again and talk about other things. There's so many more things I think yeah. that we haven't unpacked yet that I I would like to leave the audience, the listeners wanting more <laughs> so that they can ah, be able to just more about this. Um, but I, I just want to, you know, have an opportunity for you all. If you, if you want to share any other like last words, you know, thoughts, experiences, or even have, ask me something that I can answer before we close out. Yeah, no, I think that this has been a much needed conversation. Mm-hmm. I feel like we are constantly talking to each other, Chichi and I, yeah. and we're missing that male perspective. We are. Um, so it was super refreshing to hear a man's perspective on these things, especially a man that is married to a six-figure woman. Yeah. Um, right. And it's it's actually encouraging to know that there are men that understand what it means to be a partner. There yeah. are men that understand mm-hmm. that how much money you make is not really it's not that significant when it comes to having a fruitful marriage so i think this has been a super encouraging conversation for me even though i'm already married (laughs) but for our (laughs) listeners too so yeah it's been encouraging for me definitely um it's definitely helped Kelly. your 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 um outlook is fantastic and i uh, appreciate it would love to see other men that are like you you know um (laughs) one of these days i'm i think the next time we talk i'm hoping that i can bring my wife on too because she is because she not only brings the six-figure experience but she also brings the african-american woman experience mm-hmm. too yeah. um yep. and the plight of that and she could talk about all her friends and all you know her crew and how difficult it was to find that but one of the things that i know that i i remember one of my mentors telling me as far as marriage goes and just you know partnerships she was always big on saying hey look the three most important things right is mm-hmm. money sex and religion Right. And mm-hmm. how those are the three mm-hmm. pillars in a relationship. And if, if you're not keeping those things and when they say money, I've always been like, oh, does it have to be like how much? But it's like how you manage your money. How do you right. view the way finances. Your, your finances? Right. And mm-hmm. how do you value each other? You know, as far as what you all bring to the proverbial table. Right. And and how cause that's typically one of the most sensitive things. And of course, sex and then religion. Right. Where you stand. And, and I feel like mm-hmm. in relationships, if you are able to allow yourself the opportunity to sort those three things out and right. give each of it the, the attention that it deserves and just take your ego out of it. Right. And right. Really, because, it again, I always tell myself this and even me in my own like African, you know, sometimes very animated ways, I always have to remind myself in disagreements with my wife, like mm-hmm. who's keeping score? Right. It's only yeah. me and you. So sometimes we get into these situations where we get into our we get into what I call our perform our our, our egotistical performances. I call it that because we let ego drive stubbornness that doesn't allow us to be vulnerable. And sometimes I have to take a step back and be like, look, it's just you. It's just me. Let's just let's put these things to the side. I know it's difficult. It's frustrating, but no one mm-hmm. no one else is watching us but us. Right. It's just right. us in this moment. This there's this is this is not a reality TV show. There's no cameras. It's just mm-hmm. us. Let's yeah. let's talk. Let's just get right. it out the way. I said this. I was wrong. You know, and I feel like once you're able because communication, it matters. And I feel like money doesn't determine how well you communicate. 
It shouldn't, mm-hmm. right? So I, I, I hope that those who are listening, for my sisters out there in the struggle mm-hmm. with Chi-Chi, who's, sing, who's not singing, <laughs> right? So, right? Um, I, I, I hope you all can understand that there is hope out there. Unfortunately, um, and fortunately, you know, I feel like my perspective needs to be one that I hope more brothers can relate to and not use it as a tool to bash each other because you're just adding to the problem and you're just dwindling the pool that more successful women who have so much more to offer than what you're looking at as far as how much they make you're ruining your opportunity to be able to do that by spending so much time bashing each other about whether they're whether or not you can deal or you can handle this in your life just go and let life happen and i would just leave it with just like one simple note right there is such a benefit in being with a woman who is fully whole within herself and so the six figure thing should never scare a man because all that would tell you is that this woman for the most part i can only speak for myself and i know angie we're whole like we are straight we are good you get all of us now you get the best parts of us um i feel like that's a win (laughs) i don't see that as a reason for anyone to be intimidated and you know what i think this episode was a win Um, Yes. (laughs) So I'd like to just thank everybody for listening, my sisters. I hope that we get to do this again. Very, very grateful for the time to be able to do this crossover episode. Again, if you enjoyed what you heard, please make sure that you subscribe and download the podcast and leave a review um, for us. Again, you can find them on Instagram at Lessons of the Six Figure Women, right? That's the, that's the, right? Woman. Yep. Mm -hmm. Woman. Woman. Okay, sorry. Not woman. All right. And you can find my podcast at black transnational podcast and you can just follow me the host at black transnational underscore again thank you so much for your time listening and i wish you all a great rest of your day wherever you are and please be open-minded right mm-hmm. so do your thing that's a good one to leave it on yeah.